1: And welcome to Catch Up with Louise Mack Shari. This is a podcast that tries to catch you up on the week from news to entertainment to an interesting little chat with someone who is relevant to our interests. And um, we've got a great chat with Shane Daniel Byrne coming up later. If you are on Instagram, you probably know him. He makes hilarious sketches. He is, of course, the originator of Shannon, of Shannon's. Hair, Beauty, Nails and Dog Grooming on the Lower Cambridge Road. Is that, I feel like I got that wrong. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. He's so brilliant and he has a new Ortiz Player series. So I got to have a chat with him last week. Um, in terms of this week, I had a good week. I feel like now I've been overdoing it. I don't know about you. It just feels like there's so much on. It's like I feel like everything we missed over the pandemic has decided to just be on in these two months and so every two days there's a gig or a celebration or something and I'm keeping it quiet this weekend. Gonna go visit my parents in Wexford and take it easy with the kids for the weekend and I could not be happier. I need to like never look at any of my friends ever again. <laughs> I've spent too much time with them over the last couple of weeks. That's not true. But you know what I mean? I need to not socialize for at least a week. Um, I was at Pride over the weekend, which was great. It was just so lovely. Saw so many people that I adore who I hadn't seen in so long. And it was just really nice to see people able to kind of do fully do Pride again. I took my kids in in the morning I suppose early afternoon, really, and we watched some of the parade and went to there was a big event in Marion Square, went there. Of course, the kids just wanted to go to the playground, which is fine with me. They had uh, done a lot of walking at that stage, and that was really lovely, lovely to get them in and to kind of have interesting conversations with them about what Pride was. I mean, obviously. Ted who's just turned three not so much into the conversations but Sam's nearly six now so we had a nice conversation about it uh, the night before at dinner about what Pride is and what it's all about and when we were at the bus stop about to go into town on the Saturday to head into Pride I said to him do you remember um what Pride is about and he said yeah it's a celebration so people don't feel lonely and I thought I mean kind of like not exactly right but a beautiful place to start so I was delighted that we managed to get in and then um Gordon came and got the kids he'd been working in the morning and I went and socialized in an adult capacity and was bopping around the town and as I said it was just nice to see people able to do it properly again. Now unfortunately there was yet another attack on a queer person on a in, in this case it was several queer people as they were celebrating Pride on Saturday in Stephen's Green and you know, it's really worrying. We've had such a series of attacks on on gay, trans and queer people in Dublin of late. It would make you think that we have a real problem that we need to face up to. And You know, these attacks are exactly the reason that PJ Kirby was fundraising. Um, As you may have heard on the podcast a few episodes ago, he was raising money to try and assist LGBT Ireland in hiring someone who could specifically support people who have these kind of experiences. And I'm delighted to say that he reached his target this week. So if you're someone who donated, I, I really can't thank you enough I know PJ's very grateful I'm delighted for him it was a great idea and great that this person is going to be hired soon and will be there as a support I mean obviously terrible that we need it but I'm positive that it's happening Uh, in other news this week I committed a uh, a serious parenting fail and if you have children in your vicinity maybe uh, skip the next minute or so because what happened was my son lost a tooth his second tooth And I forgot to do the exchange that happens after bedtime, if you know what I mean, under the pillow. And so he woke up the next morning and was devastated. Now I'm quick on my feet. So I was like, look, she obviously had a busy night. You know, she's not as as fast as Santa. She doesn't have the speed that Santa has. So if a lot of kids need a visit, then, you know, she can't get around to all of them. So she'll probably just come tonight. And he was happy with that and that's what I did but I felt terrible like I felt like I'd ruined everything <laughs> like I had just I was a bad mother it didn't matter you know all of the things that had come before none of that mattered because I had failed him and I was lying there just feeling so terrible about it And then, you know, I was texting my friends. I was like, oh, and you know, you go into such a kind of self-flagellation phase in these moments when you feel like you've done something wrong as a parent. And my friend Sophie said to me, she was right. She said, you know, all of those feelings that we have as mothers are linked to our own kind of previous trauma or challenges that we've had or ways in which we feel like we failed our children previously or maybe even been failed by our own parents. She was like, you know, all the layers of of difficulty and challenges that you have feed into these moments where you feel like you're a failure and your kid is never giving them that much thought. And I was like, that is a very good point. So I chose to forgive myself we're moving on and I just wanted to mention it just to encourage you if you find yourself in a situation like that to forgive yourself as well because we can't get it right all of the time it's absolutely impossible anyway let's get into our catch-up on the week and we will start with the news Aoife Moore political correspondent of the Irish Examiner hello to you my friend thank you for joining me once again how are you? We're back together in real life. I know. Isn't it lovely? Great. Yeah. You know, it's been a couple of weeks. The Zoom's not the same. It's not. You it's can't not. see me in my pajamas. And that's why I drive across the city exactly. to, to be here. That's not true. I come from the north side to the north side. <laughs> But it feels like I'm driving across very the very far, to be fair. Anyway, we've got loads to talk about. We actually really have loads to talk yeah. about. So we, there's no time for chit-chat. Um, let's start with the case of the murder of Sophie Tuscan de Plantier. Uh, mm-hmm. Big news this week.
2: Yeah, so Gardy announced yesterday um, that they will be conducting a full review in the, um, the murder of Sophie Tuscan de Plantier. Um, as we know, this has been an ongoing really, really hard for the family in France. This has been going on since the 90s. Um, We know from numerous news stories and documentaries and podcasts that the Gardaí were found wanting when it came to this case. It was very clear that the guards involved were not adequately trained or prepared to deal with this kind of case in Skull and West Cork. Um, So they have announced... This new full review, it was actually the day before the Assistant Commissioner of the Gardaí retired. This is the last thing that he announced. They contacted Sophie's family in France and told them. Her son, uh, Jean-Louis, spoke to the Irish Examiner and he said that he was really happy about this. He said he wanted to put it to bed for his family and for the people of West Cork because it has you know, haunted them for mm. the last 20 odd years. They said that the crime review team will examine the accuracy and credibility of new information. So there was some new information in the two documentaries that came out around the same time. Mm. And also, another person has come forward allegedly saying that they saw a suspect on the night that had happened. Um, they're also hoping that advances in forensics and DNA will be able to recover some evidence from samples taken at the time. Now, the main suspect is a man called Ian Bailey who has never been convicted in Ireland. Um, he was convicted in absentia in France, which is a very strange kind of yeah. French law that I don't think really stands up to any human rights um because he wasn't there to defend himself but he has also welcomed this you know he wants a chance to clear his name he said and he has welcomed um the new review i often wonder if this case had not been you know a very wealthy french famous woman would we still be talking about it yeah. this Byron, I don't want to be cynical and obviously it's great for her family.
1: Well no, I think I was listening to um, the group chat this morning actually, Um, Zara Richard and Gavin's No, not competitors (laughs) friends and colleagues and they spoke to um, a reporter who covered the story at the time Yeah, Yeah. and he said he very quickly kind of mentioned that it it became quickly apparent he mentioned it several times that she was someone who was well connected within the French film industry Mm -hmm. and that she was married to someone who was well connected within the French film industry and in French politics and in fact was friends with Jacques Chirac and Mm -hmm. I was like it's interesting how the entire thing is tainted by this
2: sense of she was someone important yeah And it was because, as well, she wasn't from Ireland, so it was a tourist, so it's nearly worse because we all feel responsible then because they're like, oh, this poor woman came to Ireland for holidays. We all do it. Like, if something happens to people in Derry on their holidays, I feel like somehow responsible for them. Oh, absolutely. We will watch that with interest. It's big,
1: big news, and um, hopefully there will be peace for the family of Sophie Toscan de Plantier at some stage soon. Um, Now, we have to talk about America because (sighs) like,
2: what, I mean... um yeah. okay so this week or yeah um the it doesn't U- feel like this week does no it? i know i was actually like is it this week it is the u.s supreme court overturned a 50 year old ruling uh, called roe versus wade which allowed for um terminations and abortions this is it was kind of expected if it's not incredibly disappointing um it's basically closed uh, abortion clinics in certain states already. I believe it's nine states have already banned abortion because they had something called trigger laws, which as soon as Roe versus Wade was overturned, their new law came into effect, which basically all but banned abortion. Um, This has been a campaign in America from the Christian right since Roe versus Wade for 50 years to roll back women's rights. Um, there has been days and days of protests outside the Supreme Court justices' homes. Um, there is now also concerns that the Supreme Court might go after contraception and uh, equal marriage. The, the, I was listening to a podcast this week who were saying the states that have already banned abortion... The issue is there is that they all tend to be very close together to one another, their neighbouring states. So if you are a woman seeking abortion, you can go to a different state. Mm. But if you're in one of these states, you might have to cross three or four states to try and seek a termination. Mm. It's a huge, huge step backwards because as we know in this country and whatever your view of abortion is, you cannot ban abortion you can only ban safe abortion mm. and I find it really interesting that Alva Smith the campaigner for repeat the Eighth was on CNN yesterday mm. explaining what it's like when you ban abortion and I thought well we have co- totally come full circle yeah. that now we have Irish people yeah. explaining to Americans why their laws are wrong.
1: Yeah I've actually written um, my opinion column for the Irish Independent this week which comes out on Saturday is about this and it's about um, the America that I spent years in as a mm-hmm. child um, or what my perception of the America was because obviously it wasn't perfect mm-hmm. but, um, you know, what it felt like then versus what it feels like now to look at it because the Supreme Court also made other strange rulings this week.
2: Yeah, so the Supreme Court also ruled that a high school um, football coach has the constitutional right to pray in public on the field after games. And I like, mean, this th- is not easy it's legal observers have basically said this is now the country's top court allowing greater state involvement in religion. and religion. This is a thing America has always done really well is that they had a separation of church and state and now we're seeing that that is no longer yeah. the case and it is because in America... Their judiciary is completely politicized. So, Democrats appoint judges, Republicans appoint judges. And for years, Republicans have been so much better playing this game than the Democrats. The Supreme Court is now packed with Republican judges who, in my view, lied during their confirmation hearings when it's they not, said... Not just in your view, in, in many people's view. In their view. confirmation uh, hearings, they were asked, what is your opinion on Roe v. Wade? What is your opinion on church and the state? And they said that they wouldn't interfere with um, constitutional rights. And now we have this. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the uh, Democrat Uh, Senator, she said that she believes that they should be called to testify Mm. um, because they have lied Mm. Uh, in their confirmation hearings. They misled the people who confirmed them. It's incredibly depressing and woman will die.
1: (sighs) It's heartbreaking.
2: And it's also not politically, or it's also not publicly popular. Like, a recent poll, like this Sunday, suggested that 59% of Americans disapprove of the Supreme Court ruling. So... It's not even a Democrat-Republican issue. It has just become a Democrat-Republican issue, but publicly, the American public support abortion rights. Fifty nine percent still doesn't feel like enough to me, though, to be honest.
1: It just feels like a total misunderstanding of why women get abortions and Mm -hmm. why abortion is crucial. Like the most of the states have exceptions that are are, there's 26 states which are likely to ban abortion Mm -hmm. as a result of this. And most of them have exception exceptions for things like incest, for things like rape and for things like where the woman's life is in danger. Mm -hmm. Some don't.
2: Yeah. And also, who's proven that it's rape? I mean, we know how horrific and awful it can be to try and get anyone to believe a woman when it comes to rape. I would want to know how one is designating Mm. that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on. Now,
1: this is good news um, because interesting movements in Ireland. As we said, it feels like the United States is going backwards and we actually are progressing because this week there was an announcement about free contraception for women aged 17 to 25 and some positive news about the school curriculum.
2: Mm -hmm. So a 31 million euro health package for women was announced on Tuesday and it's access to free contraception for those aged between 17 and 25 and it's going to be provided from August. This is great. This was a recommendation from the committee on the repeal of the Eighth Amendment because, as we know, we didn't just want, you know, women's bodily autonomy, but we wanted access to contraception so we can ensure that people who don't need to have abortions um, don't have them. Universal contraception is something that the Women's Council have been campaigning for for a long time, but they say 17 to 25 is a great place to start because it was noted in the committee that eight people aged 17 to 25 cost was the biggest barrier yeah. for them to access in contraception, and it is expensive. You know, we I personally know I can't get a repeat prescription for the pill, so I had to pay sixty euro to go to the doctor yeah. every time I need the pill, and then so that's sixty euro, and then the cost of the pill on top of that. Now yeah. it's okay because I can afford it, but not everyone can. But also, even if you
1: remove the financial burden, which it absolutely would be a burden for most people of that age, you know. At 17, you know, you might have to ask your parents mm-hmm. to help you and that might not be a conversation that you
2: want to yeah, have. and it's private and like, and it's a private matter anyway. Mm. So yeah, this is great. I mean, condoms are free at sexual health clinics and everything else so they don't need a prescription. But yeah, 17 to 25 and it starts in August. And then we would also some more good news for women um, this week. So that they're changing the school curriculum. So they're going to include things like consent, domestic violence and coercive control. Mm. So this is all part of Helen McEntee, the Minister for Justice. This is her new um, domestic, sexual and gender based violence strategy that she announced this week. This has been you know talked about for a really long time but it means now under this that curriculums for both primary and secondary school will be updated and they'll include consent uh coercive control and safe use of the internet um it's to teach you know young people about image-based sexual abuse um all that sort of stuff and it's they're going to be training teachers and how they teach kids about this Mm. and it'll come into effect in the junior cycle in september 2023 so that's next year and senior cycle 2024 and the anti bullying procedures are going to be updated as well. Um, but it is. This is incredibly good news. Such good news. Such
1: good news. And I know there will be people who'll be like, you can't talk to primary school students about those things. Mm. But you can. You talk to them in an age-appropriate way. I'm teaching my kids about consent now. Mm. I've been teaching them about consent for years because what I teach them is you're in charge of your body and I'm in charge of my body. Mm -hmm. And you don't get to touch someone else's body if they don't want you to. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask. And if I ask my son for a hug and he says no, I accept that. Mm -hmm. If, you know, I give... If I want to give him a kiss, I say, can I give you a smooch? Mm-hmm. Like, it's little things like that. It doesn't yeah. have to be a big, sexy conversation, yeah. you know? Um, I th- just think this is good. I was just thinking about it this morning, and I
2: actually, I never even heard the word consent through university. I don't like, think I did either. I'm only 31, and, like, the only mention of consent that came into my life, I was, like, definitely in my late 20s. Yeah, yeah. It's depressing. Like, we can change this culture. Oh, absolutely. And we, I think people we are waking up to this. I think yeah. failures, especially
1: are waking yeah, up I to this. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so yay. Hopefully, we're going to have a really
2: good and healthy next generation of men. <laughs> um, now, let's talk about Scottish independence. Yes. This is very much in my wheelhouse. Um <laughs> So I was a journalist working in Glasgow during the last independence referendum. So I feel like, um, yeah, it's we've come full circle. So Scotland's First Minister, SNP leader, Nicola Sturgeon, made a statement on Tuesday. She sent a personal email to the party's 120,000 members. That's a lot of members, mm. just FYI. Um we'll put it this way, there's 120,000 members in the, of the SNP, Scotland's the same size as Ireland and Champagne have about 20,000. Wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. So um, they are like very deeply, unpopu- deeply popular. So she told MSPs that the Scottish government wants to stage a second independence referendum on the 19th of October, 2023, using the same question uh, as put to voters in 2014, should Scotland be an independent country? So there is some issues with this. She technically can't call an independence referendum without Westminster's approval and she hasn't got it. So she has written to Boris Johnson and said that she's requested that Westminster give Hollywood the legal powers to legislate for another vote under the Scotland Act. But uh, the UK government obviously don't want this. They've basically said, no, it's not the time. Cost of living crisis, Ukraine, everything else is going on. It'll have to go to the Supreme Court that's unlikely to happen this summer because of the recess. So, which, if it doesn't go to the Supreme Court, that can interfere when, when she wants to have the vote. Mm. I would also say, just from my own like personal knowledge, Nicola Sturgeon is under a lot of pressure from her party members. They really want independence. Mm. She has to be seen to be doing something. Yeah. The thing is, she said during the election, the last election, if the SNP won again, we go back into government again, that's a mandate to call another referendum because we campaign on the fact that we want Mm. independence and if they're voting for us that's what they want that's what they want Mm. the people say that that's not really a mandate because you know elections are different from referendums all that sort of stuff so it is politically risky um but she was so close the last time yeah so yeah 2023 and then if scotland became independent then would they Apply for yeah, European yeah. Union
1: status straight away, yeah. and, and I wonder would, would they get it? Yeah, more quickly than another.
2: I don't know about more quickly, but it has been talked about quite a lot. And like the main players, um, in Europe, Spain, Ireland, Germany, and France. I don't think I've mentioned it, but they've said yeah that they would take them back. Yeah, wouldn't that be good? Because the whole point during the Scottish independence referendum the first time was like, if we go independent, we'll lose our place in the United or in the European, European union. union, and then. That's gone they voted anyway. For Brexit anyway. So wow. now the and Scottish people want to be back in the European Union. So wow.
1: Okay. Well, this is going to be very exciting to mm. watch, no matter what happens. Um, Ethan Moore, thank you so much. Thank you. I have been a diehard Shane Daniel Byrne fan since he started posting his brilliant, hilariously accurate, it has to be said, sketches on Instagram during the pandemic. Now that the world is back in action, he is back on stage doing stand-up and he's doing loads of other bits as well, as he should be. I feel like he should be hired by everyone, including a new series for the RT player, which is called Love Bites. He was so kind and welcomed me into his home last week so that we could chat about it. Shane Daniel Byrne, to use your full name, yes. uh it, it, now, is that a name that you're using, or is it just like an Instagram? It's
3: now my name that I that I'm mostly called, but it's my middle name. Daniel's my middle name. Yeah. So, and someone the other day, someone I knew from years ago, I bumped into her body and soul, and she got a phone call. She's like, "Yeah, be there one sec." I just just bumped into Shane Byrne, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds weird." I was like, "Cause she's from the past." <laughs> so it's a really because she knows me. Obviously, my name is Shane Byrne. Yeah. But yeah, my name everywhere else, my name on my like my, all my stuff, my driving test and passport and all is Shane Daniel Byrne. Because I my dad wanted the Daniel my mother wanted Jane she wins fair obviously that's a fair thing she had all her boys natural Louise all her boys just gas and air all boys natural (laughs) Um, not that she goes on about it but um, to be
1: honest she was missing out the epidural was the best thing that ever happened to me I'd love one of them sometimes honestly I remember the second when my second child I said to Gordon I was like I just want you to experience this (laughs) because I was just so delighted to have it just
3: having a buzz yeah but but anyway
1: fair play to your mum
3: yeah no she did a great job well done to her (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah so I always I kind of started putting it in before, but then there's a Shane Byrne rugby player. And if you Google Shane Byrne, you get him. So it was also a PR choice as well.
1: A good one, I think. It's got a bit of, like, gravitas or something. It sounds
3: nice when you're doing comedy and people introduce you on stage and say, your next act, give it up for Shane Daniel Byrne. It sounds yeah. a lot better than Shane Byrne. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that's More spondaic syllables. in its rhyming, it's, or in its meter. Spond, I, Shane Byrne is a spondee. Shane <laughs> Daniel Byrne is something else. I don't know. I, I briefly stopped by college for a while. Conversation like has yeah, yeah. transcended
1: my uh, level of ability. Um, so I'm so delighted to chat to you. Um, it is... I, I mean, I just... I'm such a fan of yours there's no two ways about it I'm like every time your little face pops up in my Instagram stories I'm like yes <laughs> Shane's done some stories but it's
3: rarer and rarer now yes
1: you really are you're not there very I often I know I
3: feel guilty about it I feel like I'm neglecting the internet and I owe a lot to the people from the internet um, So, but I feel like I'm neglecting it but it's only so much as things are back now yeah. and comedy's on and events are on and stuff is happening and festivals that it's like there's only so much room in your brain for yeah. new jokes Yeah. so that it's like it's Imp- gets impossible. So I feel, I'm, do you know when you go to like, um, I don't know. Sometimes you're like, I'm great at this, and you're like, I'll do a little cat, whatever, and this will go well. And then sometimes you're like, I can't. I'm not putting myself on the internet. Everyone will see that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. if I post that, people will look at it, and they'll all unfollow me. And they hate me. They're sick of me. I don't know. At the moment, I'm in a, the down buzz of that, whatever yeah. that is the downward half of that. But yeah, it'll come back again. I've learned that now. You just have to another one will come. Another video will come, and don't worry about it. Well, guys.
1: you said there that you owe a lot to the people of the internet, and I suppose you kind of do, but at the same time, you have to deliver the goods to get the response, and you really delivered the goods during lockdown like mm. so many laughs what kind of inspired you to start making those videos I was just
3: doing I can't remember what I used to do on Instagram before I had people who followed me on Instagram when I just had my own friends whatever I obviously used to mess or whatever but I can't remember but I think it was just as things were happening I think there's something to do with when things are scary and serious that you do want a bit of relief without yeah making I mean there's a way of I always said that during the heyday of the sketch guys on the internet, whatever, and girls. Um, guys was a gender neutral term in that instance. <laughs> Thank you, um, yeah. um But during that, it was like, when it was like the heyday of it, peop- COVID is not funny, but how we all behaved was quite funny. Yeah. And that our lives went really weird. Yeah. So I think it was fun to take the piss out of us and, yeah. and, and how we were doing it and various things and mams on Zooms and trying to teach, like, I did a character... Kira's mom. Kira's
1: tra- mom is my favorite. I know everybody loves Shannon, and I love Shannon, yeah. but Kira's mom for me just it, hit, it hits me so hard. I just it's just so real. <laughs> I can't but cope. That, I made that. I can hear like Kira love. I can Keira hear love. it. I, yeah. So
3: she was like a posh mom trying to organize, sending a video message for some reason. It makes no sense. But about lockdown, the week lockdown started, and the Irish Times cover was "Stay Home." It was a big fancy cover when major global events are happening. Yeah. But I had also tried to show my mother a FaceTime, and you know. I don't know why they don't understand I'm like if you point that phone at you it will see you and she just kept disappearing further and further down the screen it's like just because you can see me doesn't mean I can see you yeah. your camera is on I don't know but that was funny I mean she's well able for it now she's she's an early adopter enough about my mother god she's taking up all the time on the podcast <laughs> god, whatever I'm sick of her
1: but I get what you're saying like we needed a bit of levity mm. and so there was a real appetite for any kind of relief Um, and your characters I mean as we said Shannon like has Shannon taken over your life a little bit people became really obsessed with her
3: she did for a while I mean she, people will often say every now and then someone will comment on that video and go oh my god more of this or just seeing this now or people still just ask just seeing for this it. now yeah I don't know I, people find they came for they came later on because I didn't do I didn't want to do too many of that character yeah when I did Shannon it was because Shannon's a beautician who was anti, anti-COVID anti-lockdown anti-everything anti-mask and when I did that it was because that week we were talking about going back to level 5 or something yeah and there was lads saying oh open the gyms good for mental health yeah. and women saying the beauty is good for me, and those things are all true. Yes, it is. Does make you feel good to go and get your hair done, your nails done, go work out? Yes, but also people might die of COVID nineteen if we open them. <laughs> yeah. So So I didn't. I I didn't like the the blending in mental health for. I hate any kind of thrown in mental yeah, health. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: I hate a lot of mental health discourse. To be honest, I yeah. mean, I, I support people with mental health difficulties or mental distress of any kind, but I don't like throwing it in as kind of a little badge that you can throw on and tack on and say that. So I thought. That's a comedian's job is to make fun of that. But I had no idea it was going to happen. It was going to blow up like that. Yeah. That I'd get 10,000 or 11,000 people follow me that afternoon. I didn't expect that. Is that at all. what happened? That's what happened. And then you have to go, you immediately must go, okay, internet guy now. That's it. So there were some videos before and I gained a little bit of following like a couple hundred that who were strangers to me. Yeah. And then when Shannon happened, it was like overnight. Absolutely nuts. It was did totally... you
1: like, what did it feel like the next time you posted?
3: I posted, I think I posted something saying hello, because I was like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then I was like, I'll do another Shannon video. But then I was too scared. I was like, oh God, I can't, it's a difficult second album. Yeah. But actually I think that fear was useful because I could have gone down the line of just keep doing Shannon every yeah. day or something and then yeah. you'd be a Shannon guy and then you'd disappear but I think being scared was actually helpful because then it was like just do something else instead yeah don't be worried of the pressure of will that second Shannon be as funny as the first one
1: yeah because that's the thing like I mean as a lot of people emerged over the last few years as people who do kind of funny sketches on Instagram or whatever and and it in my opinion, the best ones are the ones who are changing it up. Like yeah. some, of, some of the stuff is funny, but like eventually you get to the stage where you're like, okay, I've seen this video that you're making, uh, you know, 500 times. It's actually just the same joke over and over again. Mm. But like, you know, someone like, say, Killian Sunderman, like you just never know who he's going to be Killian, or what the
3: situation is going to be like. He's the crown prince and <laughs> we all look to him, you know, he is the leader, he's in charge.
1: Why does he get to be attractive as well? Like, I think that that is And you know
3: what? He's really nice. I
1: know he is. I've met him. He's so nice.
3: Yeah, it's really gross. Like, I don't know how he gets too much. There's some, maybe there's a secret. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Or maybe his downfall is coming not hoping for that just saying
3: i'm not manifesting it but it Could would be happen. good to see him suffer a little <laughs> bit you know?
1: but it does seem like there's like a, a really like lovely kind of camaraderie between m- most of the people who are doing the kind of stuff that you guys were doing during the pandemic like i know you guys and tony horror have obviously done stuff together mm. and then there's like michael fry Emma am like all of you guys seem to have a good vibe going
3: yeah there's a really nice there's a really nice it, the part of like when people were enjoying our videos and having fun at that, we were also ta- tic tocking with each other and chatting to each other. Tick-tack. And I felt, is that all okay? tic tocking. <laughs> I love it. I felt that was kind of a nice, I mean, the videos and all the fuss was, was fun, antidote to the monotony of lockdown. But mm. I think it was also nice for me. I enjoyed the new part of, new connections that I yeah. had on the internet. We were all talking so much and. There's some I haven't met yet. I haven't met Ryan Carrick yet. Oh, yeah. I just messaged him yesterday. I was like, because I saw he's at Body and Soul. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't see your Body and Soul. And he's like, I have a feeling it will be very soon. But it's like, yeah, people that you haven't... We've, lots of us have met now and done things together. Yeah. We, um, and that's been, that's been really fun. And we got on so well. Yeah. And that's just what a treat. Like, you couldn't yeah. ask for anything it's better. Great. No one was annoying. Like, we worked on this... So far, uh, so far, <laughs> we worked on the uh, breakfast show. Of, yeah, of, I
1: was just going to mention yeah. that G-U-T-F
3: G-U-T-F which stands for Get Up To. You, can oh, you say fuck it? on this you, podcast? You get up fucking fuck. can. Uh, fuck it. Um, yeah, so we did that. Um, we did it actually ages ago. Last October we shot that. Really? Yeah. So it's only come to light now. But it's very hard it's, when you have a, suddenly you have a professional setup. Then you've to do professional edit. Somebody has to be there in person for the yeah. edit. Tony. Tony was there. Tony's kind of leading that project. I say kind of. He was leading yeah. that project. Tony Campbell. <laughs> Um, so it's been so nice to come out, and the response has nice. But we did that over two days. It was me and me, Michael Fry, Justine Stafford, Emma Doran, Tony Cantwell, Killian, Sunderman Martin Angolo, who's a more of a stand-up comedian than an online. I mean, he's not an online comedian at all, but he's a great stand-up. Uh, Peter McGann. I think that's everybody
1: it's so funny
3: but it really is it was so fun to do we had such a good time and everybody got on so well we did it we wrote it together and all pitched in on each other's ideas and it was just it just flowed really nicely it was actually like at certain points we had to rein ourselves in because it was too funny yeah. we were having too much fun it was like okay well like and the guys who were shooting they were like you're going to have to call cut at some point because you can't just keep messing and we just couldn't <laughs> stop and then we'd be laughing about how we were laughing and we'd like because yeah. it was a tight timeline or whatever but uh, yeah it was a dream and the response has been really nice to that actually yeah. It's nice to do something. It's nine minutes long, the first episode. There's more coming. There's three more but it's been nice to try something that's longer than a 60 second video um, and have people still enjoy it. So, yeah, that's been a really fun one.
1: I've seen a lot on all of your various Instagrams and social media accounts. I've seen a lot of people going, "Ah, oh, come on, RTE. Like, would you put them on the telly? And there's always a lot of kind of discussion around RTE. And I think ever since Father Ted about, you know, whether RTE does enough to kind of embrace Irish comedians and Irish comedy. But you ha- have a new project with RTE, yes. which is out now. So tell us about that.
3: There's been a couple yeah we just launched it it's a show called Love Bites mm-hmm. where I get to go on dates with well-known faces mm-hmm. and uh, we have a chicken fillet roll together we curate each other's chicken fillet roll so I choose the filling for the date and oh, it's generally interesting yeah, yeah. I so, miss the it,
1: filling bit oh
3: yeah that's the that's the that's the big thing so we try it out so I was a bit nervous actually about that because I was like I don't, I'm not like I'm a picky eater, but I don't want, like, I'm not eating a roll. If it's got raw tomato in there, I'm not eating it. I'm like, like, what if like,
1: someone put tuna on your chip t-
3: like? Well, I put tuna in someone's the other day. Shame. which apparently, I know, yeah, but I was, it kind of made sense. Anyway, he liked it. It was for Conor Ryan. He ate a lot of his roll and a lot of mine. So oh. he was really into the rolls. Um, yeah, so it's kind of generally, we have like a fun chat about dating and then part of like being a, a person who has a big internet following and what that's like and does it change your your dating habits and things. But it's yeah. been really fun and we had... Um, Michael Fry, Miss Ireland, Pamela, Uba, and we She's had, amazing. Oh, she's great.
1: I'm in love with her.
3: Yeah, she's also was taught us on the set. She told she's a scientist as well. Yeah. So she went casual from, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she went from working like in hospital setting in labs to going around in the thick of COVID. Then she was Miss Ireland, so she went and went to Miss World or. I'm not sure which one it is. Miss yeah, World. Miss World. Yeah. Miss Universe is the Donald Trump one. She wasn't in that one. Yeah. She wasn't the Trump. It's Miss World she one. went
1: to anyway, yeah. Yeah,
3: but she was telling us all about like how the COVID is going to change and all the things. So it was like really weird. Was, like She's the beauty queen star, Miss Ireland, the our, our princess, but also has all this knowledge and information. So she was just real chill about the COVID. She's like, Yeah, it'll just keep getting lower and lower. The virus doesn't want to kill us. It doesn't it wants to survive. And I was like, But how does the virus know it's killing us? I was like <laughs> absolutely obsessed yeah
1: yeah she's great so obviously you had loads of fun making that then
3: it was so fun i was really scared like i've learned now to kind of try not to be so scared things generally go well yeah every time i've tried something new like i did a bit on um there and gary had a show at the end of 2020 on called reeling in the fears that she uh, joanne mcnally wrote oh yeah i remember Yeah. yeah and i did a shannon sketch on that and i was absolutely terrified going into that like I can't even explain like I had had pain in my back if I'm stressed my lower back is like gone and I could not move and then literally I left the studio and I sat in the car and I was like I feel absolutely fine it was like I was so stressed and I was like a big loser I wasn't cool at all when it finished they were like okay that's everything that's great and I was like is it finished and they were like yeah I was like oh thanks so much everybody was so nice I was really sc- like a big loser I was like a big sap and then they all clapped I was like oh my god mortified for that myself that sounds like
1: you were just a lovely person
3: I guess maybe I'm lovely or whatever but no <laughs> I you know i not that I'm cool and showbiz now yeah. or something but I just was like I was just get so terrified so I've learned not to be try not to be as scared before the thing nerves are important nerves are part of a standard yeah. life it's part of the it comes with the territory but I'm like it's also such a waste of energy sometimes to be stressed yeah. over something for a week and feel sick about something yeah, that's to coming that up. Level. Yeah, yeah, Especially
1: when like, I, I mean, I think this is what you're saying is that the more you do, the more you realize, oh, I'm I'm good at this. Like I can do this. This is like, if someone asks me to do something, it's because they, they see that I'm able to do it.
3: Yeah. And you have to take, for me anyway, when something goes well, I could in there's a there's a brief window where I'll allow myself to go. That went really well. I did a really good job, and I have to kind of I usually like tell my boyfriend it or text him after the thing and say it went really great. I texted him one day after a gig, a stand up gig, and I was like, I'm really good at this because I have to express it. Otherwise, I'll instantly forget it and go like, you're crap, you're crap, yeah. you're, you're the worst, you're ugly, whatever, yeah, yeah. all those things that we do to ourselves. So. Yeah, you. I think it's good to take stock immediately after. Yeah, um, because it goes away. Same with a bad gig. If a, the gig goes bad, you can't dwell on it for too long. Mm. You just got to move on pretty quickly.
1: And how are you finding the stand up gigs now? Kind of now that you're internet man, as you said, um, mm. is are they different? Is the vibe different?
3: Well, I'm being offered much bigger gigs than I would have had before. Like, so I toured with uh, I supported Tony Campbell on his tour. Um, and then like there was one they did these gigs just as things were opening back up last in 2021 we did they had these mixed bills in Vicker Street mm. so one of my first gigs back ha- having two years off or whatever it was or a year and a half was Vicker Street which I'd obviously never played before and like so terrifying, so nerve-wracking. You're like, how is this possible? But then it really was boosted. But everybody in the audience was so up for it. Because everyone's yeah. like, we're out. Yeah. We don't have masks on. I think masks came back a bit after that or something. I can't mm. forget. Um, but there was no masks. Everyone was just really up for a good time. And then you're like, this is really cool rock and roll. When the gig goes well, it was like, I don't know, it stands out as like that was like a major moment for in my life. It was like, don't mind your comedy career. It was like, that was really special.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, so, yeah, the gigs have been bigger, and you kind of have to just go, yeah, this is fine. I'm able for this. Yeah. If I could use a crude, what I say to about comedy is very um, macho, whatever. And sometimes you have to just go. You know what? My dick is big enough. Yeah, you have to, to tell yourself that's a very uh, male, cisgendered male centered way of thinking of it. <laughs> uh, so pardon the metaphor, but that you have to just go. Yeah, of course. I, yeah. Of course, that's no problem. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just be able to yeah. do this. And yeah. then you. You also are. You also. Yeah,
1: are. I have a rule. I made a rule for myself about probably five years ago that like being scared wasn't enough of a reason not to do something. Yeah. That like, you know, you can say no to opportunities or no to whatever if your reasoning is that you, you know, you actively don't want to do it as long as it's not because you're scared. Because you will miss brilliant opportunities if you let that kind of fear stop you. And it does get easier.
3: Yeah, just be scared. I think Justine Stafford was talking about feeling the sense of imposter syndrome Mm. on Twitter. And then uh, I... then I think, yeah, who was it telling me? Oh yeah, somebody wrote, wrote back to it and was like, just keep doing the gigs until, until someone tells you you're not good enough. Until someone yeah. says that. And it's never going to happen. But I think you do have to just be scared. Mm. I, th- I think that's it. You just go, I've been scared of things before that are actually, <laughs> like in your life, frightening things happen, mm-hmm. upsetting things happen, grief happens. Mm. And you get through those things. Yeah. I always think grief is a handy thing to look back on because when things are difficult, because that thing of you don't you don't uh, you don't get cured from grief you just add it into the texture and, of your life and the yeah. thread of your life you say yeah, that's here and i think fear is a bit like that you're like there's going to be fear it's part of the part of the tapestry and you just got to keep going so it's something something like that
1: yeah so gig wise uh, what do you have going on at the moment where can people see you
3: so at the moment it's um uh festivally so i just did body and soul i'll be going to other side festival in july i'll be at electric picnic as well and then uh, pride will have already happened when this happened but tomorrow i'm going to pride for two <laughs> days hosting stage in the mother bride black party
1: that's exciting yeah
3: that is exciting um I, yeah i've never done anything kind of very pride-ish so it mm. feels kind of cool to be part of the gang um, now i'm grandmam and panty are hosting the main stage so fine whatever you can go to them if you want those are um, grandmam
1: guys if they weren't so nice
3: they are so again
1: good-looking, funny, hot, talented cool dudes
3: with cool, cool. clothes. Yeah, yeah comfortable in themselves. I don't know. They're too much and for lovely. Me. They're really nice. They're yeah, so nice. They're really nice, but they're really clever boys as well. It
1: used to be that hot people at least had the good grace to be horrible
3: or keep their mouth shut. Yeah. You know what I mean? They talk a lot stop
1: shoving it down our throats and I guys. let them
3: I let them do it yeah have they you know, the good the good graces for I've
1: let them do it and I'll let them do it again no
3: but for a gig now the best thing coming up now is the Paddy Power Comedy Festival in Ivy Gardens that's the 21st the 24th of July and I'm gigging every single day at that which okay. is really exciting so I'm doing five gigs at that the last time it was on was 2019 and I did one gig um, and that was t- completely wild that I was there I did a play in the Abbey and as part of the play I um, did it was like a four hour long duration Modern thing, and then part of the play. Do um, you like the way I dropped in the Abbey as if it's not It big was deal. so casual. Yeah, yeah. Honestly,
1: I'm I was, really darling.
3: I was doing a play in the National and whatever, and I did stand up in the interval, and mm-hmm. it made sense. It was, but it was my stand up. It, it made sense as part of the thing. And I did. I was knew so little that I did a new set every single night. I made up new jokes every day, which is completely insane to me now. And then the promoters from that saw, promoters from the comedy festival saw that and were like, do you want to do a gig? And I was like, yeah, okay. I'd never even been to it. I'd never even been at it. So I was like, it was like my 10th gig I was wow. doing it in Ivy Gardens and there was like, Catherine Cohn was on the bill who then went and won the Best Newcomer in Edinburgh and she has a Netflix special and yeah. Foilands and Hogg. It was like, and Bernard Casey. It was like all these people who are around the years yeah. and doing things. And I was like, yeah, me too. And Kevin McGarn was hosting it Um, who then, Ushered me around and took me under his wing then for the rest of the festival and told ah, me, do lot. this, do this. Yeah, I love yeah. Kevin McCarron. Um uh,
1: And are you still doing the acting or is the main focus comedy now?
3: Comedy is the main focus. I mean, I don't know. I was never very successful as an actor. Like well,
1: you were in the obby.
3: Yeah, I mean, I did. I did bits. Yeah, no, sure I did bits. <laughs> I would like to go do it. But I think more um, being in a play, it's not as attractive to me at the moment yeah. because being on stage doing comedy is way more... You get more from it. It's yeah. juicier. It's exciting. So, and
1: you're in charge.
3: And you're in charge. Now mm. that's that You're also very lonely. So there's a. I would like. I miss the idea of having castmates and having mm. the, being in an ensemble. So I miss that. Um, but yeah, I think I would like to do film and tv more mm. and not that there's offers come my way or anything but there I think, should be you know, well maybe we'll see yeah i mean i'm throwing out i mean i do a few auditions here and there but yeah so that would be more attractive to me now than doing a play but i would like to get back into it but at the moment comedy is just it's very frightening and and stressful but it's also very fulfilling when it goes well it's very enriching yeah and it's i mean it's you have to be careful of it because it's a bit of a drug you know what yeah. i mean it's like you can see why people get involved in drugs because they're like, keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, like, they do a 20 minutes that goes well, they're like, get a bag. Like, people are like, going for it. Like, I can totally see how that happens to people. Yeah. So, but I'm very careful around all that carry on. I don't even have a drink before the gig or like that. So, I, because it's a bad yeah. habit. I it think, is.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good, and a, a crutch, good shit. Yeah. Crutch. Thing, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, it's great to see you doing so well. Thank and I know people much. can see Love Bites on the RTE player. Yep. Uh, get up to fuck. Is on Tony's...
3: Yeah, it's on Tony Horror's YouTube or Tony Campbell. I called him Tony Horror because you did. Tony Catmull's YouTube but we'll be posting on Instagram and Twitter and all the rest of it as well. Um, yeah, and then the Ivy Gardens is 21st to 24th of, of July.
1: Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Shane Daniel Bird. And
3: thank you because you were an early sharer of my things on the internet. Oh, so stuff. a high profile share goes a long way. So I live thank to you. share.
1: When a thing is good,
0: it deserves to be seen. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Selling a little? That's right! We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome.
1: Some weeks the news from the world of entertainment is light and breezy and other weeks it's really not. This week we have a little bit of breeze in the form of some chats about two films on the horizon, Greta Gerwig's Barbie, I can't wait, and the new Hocus Pocus film, but we have some serious matters to discuss first. Writer and co-author of the Ashling books, Eimear MacLeisett, joined me to shepherd us through the week's events. Emer said thank you so much for joining me once again on the podcast. I am thrilled to have you here. We've got loads to talk about, lots of fun stuff, but we're going to start with something that's uh, a little bit dark, but also largely positive in terms of the result.
4: Yeah, well put. Uh, we have the news uh, this week that Or Kelly has been sentenced to 30 years in prison. Uh, he's been sentenced for racketeering and sex trafficking, which are obviously stemming from his kind of coincidentally 30 years long campaign of abuse against young women some young men and it's kind of he's finally got his comeuppance mm. so like i only really came to the knowledge that or kelly was like a bad man like not that long ago i feel mm. it has been kind of the conscious consciousness for a long time i mean famously he married alia when she was 15 that was an illegal marriage but he um you know, pieces were written about him back then, that was kind of the Mm. mid-90s. Since then, he has had so many, particularly girls who were young at the time, come out and accuse him of sexual assault, of rape, of sex trafficking, all of this. And his career, up until a few years ago, has kind of carried on regardless. Like, he sang at the 2002 Olympics. Now, I know that's 20 years ago, but it was well known at the time that Mm -hmm. he, you know was not a good guy yeah lady gaga did a song with him only about 10 years ago yeah justin Um, bieber has collaborated with him mm -hmm. like there's a lot that he has gotten away with in terms of career even though it was known and i mean this is no surprise we've seen this happen again and again and again um and around the time of me too i think that was when i really became aware because everyone knows um his famous song remix to Ignition. And we used to play that at parties. Yeah. And, like, it was a big hit and everyone loved it. And then around the time of Me Too, it was like, scrub it off your playlists. Can't play it anymore. He's a really bad guy. There is a Netflix documentary series called Surviving Or Kelly, which is really horrific. Yeah. But anyway, in court in Brooklyn this week, he has been sentenced to 30 years in prison. And there's another criminal trial against him coming up in August in Chicago. And that's a federal trial. And he's likely to be sentenced there again to another large amount of time in prison. It's great that he's finally
1: being punished. But I mean, I think we're all, certainly people of our generation, I think are grappling with the fact that probably somewhere in the back of our head, we knew vaguely that he was not a good man or that there were stories about him or whatever. And I mean, I'll speak for myself. I kind of just ignored it or like didn't chose not to think about it or something. And I find that hard to kind of stomach now And I think maybe that's partially because we've all, I mean, if you pardon the pun, like we've all woken up Mm, in terms of what's acceptable behavior, what's not acceptable behavior. Um, But I still struggle to think that I was just willing to ignore these stories. I suppose we didn't know the details and we didn't know any specifics and the specifics of this are horrendous
4: they really are yeah like
1: the more I read the worse it gets you know the stories that were in the documentary series are awful I mean you had teenagers who basically had been manipulated and turned against their parents Mm -hmm. parents going to look for their daughters finding them only to have their daughters say they didn't want to come home you know yeah like young teenagers like 15 year olds really awful awful stuff but then some of the stuff in the in the reporting of this particular Mm. verdict or sentencing are are even worse than what we've seen before. I mean, there's one piece of a, an article that I read that said that um, there was you know two guys who'd gone to kind of train with him in a boxing gym, and he clicked his fingers, and two girls came out from under the boxing ring and performed sexual favors on these two guys who were there. Yeah,
4: like, like, I mean, slaves. Yeah, and that's I think that's the sex trafficking charge. That's and there's people I think probably saying why isn't he being accused of more like. When You say sex trafficking and racketeering was the other one, which is kind of fraudulent business practices. And you say, but what about you know, all what about you know, sex with underage girls yeah. and child pornography? That case in Chicago is um, going to be about federal charges for child pornography and for luring uh, minors for yeah. underage sex, yeah. So that is even, I think, still, probably, to come, I yeah. mean, sex trafficking. We saw Ghislaine Maxwell send us a 20 years. Uh, this year for sex trafficking, so that's that's a really serious charge. And the what that is is him bringing these girls together to act basically as slaves, uh, taking them from their families, from their homes, wherever, whatever, and essentially what Ghislaine Maxwell was doing for Jeffrey Epstein. Um, there were forty five witnesses against uh, Or Kelly in this trial. Eleven of them were victims, and I think it included a couple of male victims as well. So what it was largely young young women and girls, but not all. And it Um, has to be
1: said, like, massive respect to those people. It is not easy to come forward and speak like that. I read some of the testimony. There was one woman who was testifying, and after she said a a specific element of what had happened to her, apparently Or Kelly and his lawyer were kind of whispering, and she stopped speaking, and then she said, I'm not going to interrupt his conversation, and waited for them to stop before she carried on, and just the strength of that woman. So powerful,
4: like, like, and I mean... There had been cases against him before. There was one in 2008, a criminal trial, which is that famous video of him having underage sex with a girl. Yeah. It was the one kind of everyone knew about and heard about. But again, his career still carried yeah. on. And that trial ultimately collapsed because the girl involved didn't want to testify. Mm. And who could blame her? No. And I know you were saying there about us kind of, uh, I mean, us collectively kind of, you know, going Oh putting our heads in the sand about it. I think I feel for me anyway, when you're younger, and more ignorant you might do something like that I feel like as I've gotten older and I hear things about people I've liked say Louis CK like I really liked him back you know 10 12 years ago but the first inkling that he you know bad stuff I was like I'm out I'm out I'm yeah. not a fan you know and I feel I think as
1: well probably when you're younger you're like oh, gosh, you're 15 you're you're practically a grown-up, but you're not. Yeah,
4: you don't really understand the complexities no. of it, I think. And, and the power imbalance. It feels very so. far away as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the judge in this case, um, she talked about the hundreds of enablers that were around him.
1: I think it I think it kind of draws a line in terms of what's what's going to be okay and what's not going to be okay.
4: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think those two sentencings this week, the Ghislaine Maxwell and the Orr Kelly, like, it kind of like, one punch, two punch and it feels like a real victory but also just so sad that it was allowed so to go sad. on for as long as it did.
1: So terribly sad and uh, unfortunately we're staying with sad because um, I wanted to just quickly go over the enormous response from celebrities and people in the public eye to the Supreme Court's ruling to overturn Roe v. Wade and um, It was amazing to see artist after artist after artist at Glastonbury last weekend and other people in the public eye over the course of the last week make their feelings known in terms of Roe v. Wade and how strongly they feel about it. And, you know, I think it is significant that these people are speaking out. Like, I know some people would say, like, what difference does it make? But I think it does make a difference.
4: The reaction to this uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade feels international to to me, even though it's a U.S. issue, it really feels really like the whole world or most of the world that you know are in a position to kind of get head up about this are really taking a stand and it just so happens it coincided with Glastonbury and kind of a summer series of concerts across Europe and across kind of the world, really. And so we saw, I think, the probably the most viral one was Olivia Rodrigo, Mm. who brought Lily Allen on stage and they sang Fuck You, which is one of Lily's kind of seminal hits and and really kind of suited this occasion. But Olivia Rodrigo, I think, is only maybe 19 or 20. She gave a really strong speech from the stage. She named the justices the you know the conservative justices on the US Supreme Court who had voted to overturn Roe v Wade and then there was Billie Eilish at Glastonbury also um was very outspoken Phoebe Bridgers who had spoken back in I think it was December the draft ruling on this issue mm. was leaked mm. and i mean everyone was kind of like okay the draft it's not likely to change so that's mm. probably they're going to overturn Roe v Wade and at that time Phoebe Bridgers came out and said that she had had an abortion i think the previous October Mm. and which was really brave of her. You know, it's when, when something like this happens, we see a lot of women kind of mining their traumas and saying, I did this and I did that. And I had to go through this to show how important and how complex the issue of abortion is. Um, We also had people like John Oliver, who's obviously very outspoken on his um, US TV show. I was looking for more instances of male celebrities speaking out. I think we had, um, at Glastonbury we had Kendrick Lamar who he was quite outspoken about it but I think there has been a little bit of backlash because even if you, on something like TikTok You'll see a lot of female TikTok creators talking about this and in support of Roe v. Wade, but also calling out male creators for not being so outspoken as putting themselves forward as these liberal left-leaning, you mm. know, supporters of women, but then not saying a whole lot. Yeah, And then they will be like, oh, we don't think it's our place to say it. And it's like, no, it is your place to say it. Abortion affects everyone.
1: Yeah, I I saw someone just this morning saying, you know, it would be great to hear from the men whose lives have been improved by abortion mm-hmm. talking about the fact that their lives have been approved by abortion yeah because of course that's the thing that has been said time and time again like these wealthy men in positions of power you know will still be able to access abortion they'll still be able to get their girlfriends mistresses wives yeah. whoever it is that they want abortions is never going to be an issue for them um and yes you know it's just the hypocrisy yeah. it's just beyond yeah um anyway it's good to see people speaking out. I think it's good to see people in positions, uh, you know, where they have a significant platform. What I
4: thought was really interesting, actually, was Meghan Markle. She had spoken previously um, in an interview for Vogue about the importance of choice and how her pregnancies had affected her and the things she'd been through. I think since then, she's come out and said how Prince Harry was affected by the Roe v. Wade um, decision and how it kind of floored him. Why doesn't he come out and say that? But mm. it's really interesting now that they're, they're so removed from the monarchy that they are these kind of leading voices. I mean, they're not American. They're British. They live in Canada, I think. Mm. And Well, Meghan's American. Meghan is yeah. American, yeah. Um, But... I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. that they're such—they're quite leading, not leading, but I mean, well, they are. Up there. They've become yeah.
1: like you know leading progressives, which yeah. is kind of wild. Yeah,
4: it is kind of wild. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about something totally different. Yes,
1: because we are all collectively <laughs> women of a certain age—are losing our minds over the photos of Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie. Yes, this looks incredible.
4: Now, were you a Barbie girl? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I. You come on like a dream. Peaches and cream, lips like strawberry wine. You're Barbie, you're beautiful and, and you're mine. mine. That's what the song on the cassette I got with my Barbie in 1988 wow. song.
4: this has brought back a little bit of, I won't call it childhood trauma, that's a bit over Well, no,
1: I, I also feel that way.
4: <laughs> I only ever had one Barbie and it oh. was my first Barbie and I think she's wearing a white dress with a pink bow in her hair. And one Barbie? One Barbie. Did you want more? I think so, yeah. I don't uh, one Barbie. I grew up in a house with two older brothers, a lot of hand-me-downs and not a lot of money in the eighties. So <laughs> Cruel. So I only had one Barbie. So I'm a little bit like, well, I actually don't know a whole lot about Barbie, but I am still very excited. I coveted Barbies. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, I've bought a lot of Barbies. I have seven nieces, so I've yeah. bought a lot of Barbies in my time. Um, but anyway, Greta Gerwig is directing this film about it is the first ever live action feature film about Barbie which I think is incredible. There's yeah. been a lot of TV shows and animation and this and that. Um, When I first heard Greta Gerwig was the director, I was like, what? I mean, she's known for kind of, you know, indie hits that are mainstream, you know, and yeah. she did the most recent um, Little, Women. Little Women. That's probably um, the most mainstream film she's done, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And she obviously directed Lady Bird. She directed Saoirse and Lady Bird. Saoirse not appearing in the Barbie film, even though she is a Greta Gerwig Trashique. fave. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's Margot Robbie. Robbie? I think it's Margot Robbie.
1: And It's because Lindsay on Who Weekly always says Robbie. Yes, yeah, yeah, I know. I also yeah. have, that, have that thing. Uh,
4: Margot Robbie and uh, Ryan Gosling are starring as Barbie and Ken. Uh, the main Barbie and Ken. And we saw pictures this week of them out rollerblading on Venice Beach it's, in California. The outfits the, are... Incredible. you know that type of neon that doesn't look real yeah that's what it looks like they're wearing and um, the costume designer that uh, Gerwig is working on she's worked with her before she worked on Little Women mm. and she worked on Pride and Prejudice I can't remember which version so she has a lot of experience in period costume and I guess you could say Barbie is period costume it's, 100% you know a- mainly 80s really is, yeah is is the look and that they're obviously sticking to that kind of color palette and that style. And
1: I think that's why it's so exciting because the, like the bar, Barbie, whatever I can, I never cared about Ken. But I mean, I like Ryan Gosling, but um, the Barbie that we've seen in these photos is the Barbie yeah. I played with slash
4: coveted, you know, yeah. in the 80s. Like it's so
1: exactly and my era. An image
4: went viral online this week and and someone had put the box of that particular skating Barbie. Yes. Side by side with the picture of Margot Robbie, Robbie in, <laughs> in her skating getup. And like, it's it's pitch perfect. Um, <sighs> I can't wait. Another thing I found really interesting is, so obviously there are different um i don't know if they're different versions of barbie or she just has a lot of friends who have gotten increasingly more more diverse Mm -hmm. so i think diversity is going to be a big thing in this film we have some trans actors that have been cast we have a lot of actors of color who have been cast and i've read that a lot of them are going to be playing different versions of barbie and ken which is really interesting
1: i've also heard that ken might be gay
4: Ooh, yeah oh i'd love that yeah
1: there was a scene they were shooting a, a, a scene in the on the roller skates and there was a video taken and ken lets out a scream that one of the gay men i follow said is the, is, <laughs> yeah. is a very clear signifier
4: <laughs> i would love i'm that. not saying that evan ross
1: katz is saying that okay
4: well evan ross katz knows his stuff <laughs> exactly um what else i'm trying to think what else do we know about this uh, greta gerwig wrote the screenplay with noah boneback who is her partner but also writing partner so they have worked together before i um have a friend who has two little girls and they are addicted to watching the barbie series that are on netflix netflix kids and she has sat down with them and watched plenty of episodes and she said it is really funny really emotionally complex and that adults find it really like interesting as well so that kind of gives me a lot of hope that this is going like I can't really imagine what the storyline is going to be or who the audience is is it little
1: girls is it no i think it's us is
4: it little girls who have grown up is it
1: yeah i think it's us i mean look we'll see but one way or the other it's very exciting it's and i really think we're all going to need a few weeks off to process I think, uh, frankly. summer
4: 2023 is when we're going to see amazing
1: it. Yeah. okay yeah. we've got a f- we've got a couple of more stories just to fly through yeah and um, so there's something going on with travis barker
4: oh yeah he has pancreatitis oh is that what it yeah. is Yeah. okay yeah right so pancreatitis can be caused by gallstones inflammation of the pancreas caused a lot of pain, so he was rushed to hospital in a lot of pain, stomach pain. Um, I think it was yesterday, the day before, and, you know, it was there was a lot of drama because we didn't know what was going on. His daughter, who's fifteen, posted like, "Please, God, help my dad." Yeah. But, you know, she's fifteen, and but it turns out. Well, pancreatitis is, is a serious thing and causes a lot of pain. He's okay. Okay. He's not. Great. Yeah, he's not so we don't out. have to be worrying about Travis Darker. No, Great. No. And
1: then just to acknowledge that the Hocus Pocus 2 trailer came out this yes, week.
4: More exciting movie news.
1: So exciting.
4: So it's coming this September, 30th of September. That is so soon. Um, on Disney Plus. And the three are back. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Bette Midler and Kathy Najimy who always to me is going to be Sister Mary Patrick but I yes. know to a lot of people she is one of the Sanderson sisters. Yeah. It looks like they're kind of rehashing the same old story like modern teenagers find the candle and the black flame and they release the Sanderson sisters again. Um, hopefully, it's I think some of these, it's not a remake but it's kind of a remake. You know, it's yeah. a sequel. Um. Some of them can fall a bit flat on their face, I think. And when they're not getting a I I don't know if this is getting a cinematic release, but when they're going straight to streaming, sometimes it takes a little bit of the edge of excitement off. But I think there is going to be a lot of excitement about this.
1: Even just to see the sisters again. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even really matter. Like, if you get those three characters together, those three brilliant actors, you know, I mean, Bette Midler, iconic.
4: Iconic. Um,
1: (laughs) You know, you're going to have something magical. Yeah. See what I did there? I liked that. (laughs) No matter what way you look at it. Okay, Imran MacLeisheth, thank you so, so much. Just about time for me to go. But before I do, I do have a few recommendations for you. This week, I was getting another session on a tattoo that I'm getting at the moment. It was eight hours long. uh, So a long tattoo session. But I have to say, I don't, you know... I don't mind it at all. I actually kind of find it kind of peaceful. Camilla, who's doing my tattoos... she's really focused when she's actually working like she's she's lovely and like super chatty and stuff but when she's working she focuses and she doesn't really talk which kind of suits me it's nice and peaceful I actually fell asleep which I feel like is a testament to the fact that I have been overdoing it a little bit of late um but anyway I wanted a good book to read so I texted a friend for a recommendation Sophie White um she is an author and she reads voraciously and she is always someone I turn to for recommendations and she recommended a book called Vladimir which is by Julia May Jonas which I started, I haven't finished it yet, but um, I started it during my tattoo and read loads of it. It is really sharp, really gripping, not a particularly taxing read. So if you're looking for something to kind of occupy a chunk of time like that, I really recommend it, Vladimir. It's about, it's about a woman in her 40s who's kind of dealing living in the aftermath of some allegations against that are made against her husband they both work in a university and then another man comes into the picture I don't, I don't want to say too much but anyway it's it's very good and um, in other news obviously totally obsessed with the new ultimate girls trip on hey you if you are not a housewives fan the The news is they've started to do these series where they get together housewives from different franchises, so from different cities and send them away on a trip for a couple of weeks or a week. In this case, I think it's eight days and just see what happens. And my God, it is just the stuff of dreams. The current one. So good. I didn't even know how much I missed Phaedra. And it turns out I'm really missing Phaedro. I want her back full-time on Atlanta. So anyway, that's that's TV-wise what I've been watching. And then listening-wise, I have been listening to Muna and um, their new album, which is so good. If you're not familiar with Muna, M-U-N-A, they are extremely cool. Three people from LA. And um, they make brilliant, brilliant music. Don't think they set out to make pop music, but that's what they're making. And it is top tier. Sing along in the car really enjoyable Muna. Get into them. And that's all I have for you this week. I will be back with you next week. I cannot wait to chat to you then. I hope you have a great one. In the meantime, if you felt like rating, subscribing, reviewing, all those kind of good things, telling a friend, maybe sharing on your social media, I will be so, so so grateful. And I am eternally grateful to you for tuning in each week. I hope you have a good one. And if you can have a good one, I hope you stay safe. And I hope you know that you will get through whatever it is that's challenging you at the moment. Okay, big love.